I, I would like to tell the viewers um, a little cautionary tale. Because hmm. okay. this is important that they get to know us. Yesterday, I have this tradition where I like to drive in my car to get Dunkin' Donuts. It's like uh, 10 minutes away. Uh, people have shared my experience. I like doing it. I like driving and thinking of the regrets that I did that <laughs> the day before. Mm. Um, or the uh, accomplishments that and how I squandered them. Anyways, mm-hmm. I, I got myself a, soda, uh, a, a drink and a breakfast sandwich. Mm. Now, I was on the highway eating this breakfast sandwich. And I must have ate it just the wrong amount at the wrong speed at which I was shoving this sandwich into my mouth. Because I was hungry. Um, Mm -hmm. And I legitimately started choking. Like it was not, you know how like sometimes like you'll hear something funny or like be caught off guard and you'll like choke for like a second. Right? Mm -hmm. I had that moment where I'm like, and then all of a sudden I'm realizing, oh my goodness, I still can't breathe. This thing is lodged in my throat. And I'm on the highway. On the highway, mind you. And it's pretty busy. And I'm going like 70 miles per hour. Well, I cannot freaking breathe. So I almost died on the highway eating my favorite meal. Doing what I love best. Uh, As you can hear, I am okay. I'm alive. I'm well with my soul. What happened is I just went, bah, bah. Um, I knew exactly the right amount of pressure to get that chunk of whatever it was out of my throat. I, d- I will say I lost a good meal. There was still half a sandwich in my hand, and due to my scaredness, I dropped it on my dirty floor. I'm worried about you. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, I, Hello. This is... I'm Zach Ferguson. Hi, Zach. Hi, Sam. How's, oh. your, how's your video going? You remember my name? Yes. My uh, video? Yes. Zach, you have a lot better... We should say, for those um, people who know about cameras, we should say what type of cameras each one of us are using. All right. I... Uh, Hello. Uh, you are seeing me via a camera called a Lumix G7. It is a mirrorless camera. Oh my god! It's digital. It's pretty good. Oh, you got digital? Yes. Oh, oh. I thought you were shooting on film. Oh, I see. That's a little bit of sarcasm from you. Very good. Me? No, I'm I'm surprised. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Very good. (laughs) By the way, I mastered the art of sarcasm. By the way, people, now, um, we're doing this at 10, 10, I, 10 a.m., which is the earliest oh. we've ever done this. Uh, really? It's, yes. Like... We've always done it at 3 or 2. Yeah, it's true. I feel fine because I actually woke up and bought coffee. Zach did not. I just woke up. House. I'm wearing yeah, glasses. So I've been up. I've been up since 8. You've been up Anyways, since 8. My... See... Sam Sa- Sam has the my, 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 my camera. Hold on, I just want to I, I just want to say something real quick. Sam doesn't have I have been living 
out of college for two years now, and I have a horrible sleep schedule. Oh, look, I bumped my camera. I have a horrible sleep schedule. I honestly think I need to go see a doctor about it. I, everybody in my life doesn't have <laughs> a freaking job that constitutes normal Preach. hours. Preach. Preach. Well, I'm the only freaking guy with a 9 to 5, if you can call it that. So my fucking sleep schedule is all messed up. There's a lot of four-year-olds that listen to This is a family show. I know, but this is all edited afterwards, so. Nope. I don't edit anything. Oh. Oh, Um, that's right. We're doing podcasts. See, this, the video of this is going to be edited to like seven minutes, so. Oh, yeah. Well, anyways, my camera is the Canon T6. Ah. The basic bottom-of-the-barrel can- camera. That is what I'm using. But it does shoot fine video. Uh, are you shooting 4K, perchance? I didn't check. Um, they usually don't... You check. No. Isn't that your job? To yeah. Check? Yeah, it is. The thing is, is uh, I know you were being a little snippy on, like, hey, are you ready? So, I mean... It's oh, I wasn't being snippy. You, uh, you weren't being... I was being... Uh, you weren't being snippy, but you. I knew you were. I just texted be, ready. Well, I mean, that could lead to so many other things. Like. Can you tell that we're brothers, guys? Why would you say that? Anyways. We're not brothers. <laughs> oh, my bad. Because if you could tell we're brothers, you're dead you're wrong. You're dumb. <laughs> you're an idiot. I met, that. I met this guy in a subway station. <laughs> And it was like, wouldn't that be cool if we just randomly... <gasps> Subways! Uh, Subways are great. I also don't have any um, AC, by the way. So I'm kind of sweaty. I'm I will me. say. So the camera, the video is going to be me progressively getting more and more... Uh, sweaty. Sweaty. I'm interested in knowing what your angle is like, Sam. Because mine is very... Look at that. Is that just... Oh, you get to actually see yourself. I can't even see... I hope I'm in... Oh, shit. Actually, I might not be in focus. No, I am in focus. Also, uh, don't be surprised, people, if I have... If I just somehow, like, magically change places in the room, because at the moment my roommate is uh, sleeping. Because, like I said, doesn't have a normal 9 to 5, but he may awake... And he won't be a bother, but I mean, I want to be immersed in just you and I, Sam. Aww. <laughs> All right, I'm looking up film news. Okay, film um, news. Um, that one priest groped uh, Alanda Grande, Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? Well, okay, so there was there they were at Aretha Franklin's funeral. Right? Uh-huh. Get this. And this priest decides to get a little friendly with uh, Ariel on the Grande. Stop saying it's Ariana. Oh, Ariana Grande. And he kind of, he didn't like full on like honk honk, but he kind of like grabbed a little bit there. Oh my dill. 
that huh. those there you go. Not good. That's not good. No, not nope. Not good for him. Not good for her. Not he's good for gone. the world. He's done. He's out of well, he, he's out of he's he's out of Hollywood. He's not coming yeah. back. I mean, in some ways it's Good thing Ariana Grande stood up to him. Well, I, I'm assuming that I mean she obviously said something. Um, she I, didn't look like she said anything, but uh, she made a face, and then everybody was like, "You mm. groped Ariel on a little girl Grande," and he's like, "I'm sorry." Well, anyways, the, it's it's good that at least it's it's in the news. He's like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." <laughs> well, here's something. Apparently, the um, the you know back. I don't know, back in like 2011 or something, uh-huh. um, there was a hacker that released a lot of celebrity nudes, yeah. um, quote unquote, the fappening. Um, the, oh, the hacker is jailed for only eight months. I guess he finally got a, I assume it's a he, he finally got a um, sentence for eight months mm. after leaking the nudes. So that took a while. Uh, and also, eight months really isn't that long. So it's, it be it's more. just a lot of people masturbating. What? You said fa- no. You said fapping news. It's called the fappening. Is like the term for like what this guy like. He released like a bunch of celebrity news, and mostly of Jennifer Lawrence. Ooh. And <laughs> shut up. Um, what? And. Uh, that's not good. He got arrested. Oh. It's like breaking his... Um, what kind of news like, would, it be, would it be? Nudes. Oh, nudes! Oh, oh nudes. I heard news. I'm like, why is he no, getting no, arrested? No, oh, nudes. Okay, like, see. broke into her like personal account and oh, started spreading it. Oh, my so, goodness. I feel like a jerk. But he got, but also, uh, I'm so sorry, everybody. If this was edited correctly, I would seem like a pervert. All right, all right. I'll, I'll edit it around. Um. Uh, anyways, uh, the <laughs> fappening. This happened like four or five years ago, though. But he finally got a sentence, and he sentenced to eight months in prison. Eight months. Which, yeah, I personally think that's too small. Yeah, I but... think he should be in jail five hours. What? A day. Oh, five hours a day for the rest of his life. So it's really annoying. So he's, they're like, okay. <laughs> that would be so, no, it would be even funnier if it was like two hours a day, but it's like a jail that's like a three-hour hour. drive. Yeah. And he has to drive out there. and He has to go to a different state. The only way to open up the jail is he has to roll a, a boulder up a hill. And yeah. the boulder like falls down and like goes into a contraption. And it's really annoying. Uh, that yeah, would th- that would be that. That that's interesting. Think about that prison, people. So, uh, sorry we seem so quiet and tired, but I'm not. Zach's tired, and also my what? Oh, you're not. All right, no. cool. Um, I'm also trying to be quiet because my roommate is, or my house, my person living next door is might still be asleep. Yeah, um, 10 a.m. is like. Though you think that's later in the day, no, a lot of people are waking up on a weekend, especially Labor Day. Yeah, especially on Labor Day, yeah. So, which is but, kind of annoying because. Uh, so the film news is ripe with greatness, but what about our topic? 
Well, before we get to our topic, uh, before we get to our topic of Stanley Kubrick, um, which is the topic for today, um, let's uh, quickly cut to uh, commercials. Oh yeah. Is that okay with you? <clears throat> yeah. Let's do some a little bit of commercials. Right, cool. A little big commercials. All right, Johnny. Johnny, roll it, please. Johnny, do uh, the thing. Oh. Hey, Zach. Hello. How's it going? Uh, a little tired, but, you know, coffee does a thing for me. Hmm. It, uh, do you think that's because of your bed? Yes, actually, that's very true. Oh, that's sad. Anyways, do you like gloves? <laughs> yeah, yes. I love well, gloves. I got a glove. <laughs> well, I got a glove for you. It's called the glove o mat and um tell me more on you put it on your hand uh-huh and it fits perfectly every time because it's like it's like it's you know you know like in back to the future part two he puts on the shoe and it like electronically like tightens to his foot that's the only part of the movie i've seen well it's like that but with gloves you put it on and it, it like it makes a loud noise like <laughs> And then it like, it it's a perfect fit. So, but I mean, if I'm in if I'm in some sort of synagogue or church, and I put these on, will it disrupt everything? Yeah. Well, I would recommend going to the bathroom, but also in the church, these, in the church. Yeah, going to the bathroom. To so the priest, on, but also these. Oh, I thought these you meant gloves, like as these like, gloves have. Going to the bathroom, no, just like right there, like, uh <laughs> Like, I feel like that would add insult to injury. So, like, you're pooping yourself in... As the like as the priest is saying the last words, you poop yourself, and then you put on this glove, like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Anywho, that's a funny, that's, that's fun. <laughs> anyway, no, no, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I loved, I lived. You loved and you lived. Well, that's I, good. I did love and I lived. Anyways, let's, let's continue on to our topic now that we got over one Stanley of the Cooper. trailers or commercials. Yes. Wow. Those, those are some great commercials, Sam. You mean commercial? Yes. Yes, commercial. Uh, that's what I meant. Anyways, that was a great commercial, Sam. Great job. Uh, mm-hmm. But, um... So, there is, a, there is a director who uh, we've been meaning to talk about for years. Yeah, I, I I actually have not said a single word on the matter for years and years and years waiting for this podcast. No, he's been like a little reluctant man. So now we're here yeah. and we're going to do it. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. We're talking about... You said it, folks. <laughs> you wanted this. I heard you. You want this. I heard you. You wanted this. You, Come. you that I'm pointing at with this fake... Mm-hmm. Finger, no, this real finger. You did this. You wanted this, and you're mm-hmm. gonna get it. Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. 
Stanley Kubrick is dead. Uh, a lot of times considered it, he is he is dead. Um, he died three years after I was born in 1999. And I think he also um, died from Dunkin' Donuts. He was eating a sandwich. That's why I brought that's up exactly that story. When Dunkin' Donuts. That's when Dunkin' Donuts first came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was the... And Kubrick was invited to the first opening. Uh, and uh, but he, the guy's he missed, dead. He sad. missed his face, and he shoved it right into his <laughs> like his eyeball, and he fell down a bunch of stairs. <laughs> and the last words he yeah. ever said, the last words. This is a true story. The last words he ever said were, "We have to fuck." And that's how he ended. What? Well, that's that's also Makes how sense. that's how Eyes Wide Shut ends. When Nicole Kidman, oh, she's yeah. like, I know there's I know the only thing I know for certainty is we have to go home and fuck. And then it cuts mm-hmm. to like dancing with the tulips, do 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 Well that's 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 fast forwarding a bit. That's his last film. Let's let's start from the beginning. Um, that's a very hello. It's a very painful rewind. Um. Anyways, so Kubrick um started out as a photographer when he was like for Look magazines. Um, for Look magazine, yeah, he um he was a photographer. He took a lot of cool photos. Um, really cool and photos. Then I think his first film was called Fear and Desire, which he apparently like. I forget what he did, but he it's it was it cost like thirty thousand dollars, which is a lot for nineteen fifty two. But he didn't um, like it, from what I remember. He he didn't like it, but also he 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 I forget how he got all that money. Like he he did something that like made him raise. Like, he, he didn't want to shoot just, like, a, he had to shoot, like, a nice, a big, well, I guess 30000 isn't that much for a, a film, even in the 50s. Um, but it's still, it's probably a lot of money. Um, uh, but he, he raised, somehow he got that money, and he made the film. And it's, it's it has a 4.6 out of 10 on IMDb, so it's not really that good. But, um, you know, it's something. Um... Zach just sent me a photo. Hold on. Oh, it's a photo of... Uh, Why'd you turn what, off the what, camera? What I don't... Because I was looking at your photo. Right. Anyways, um... Yeah, so then he, he went on and made a few other films. The Killer Kiss, uh, The Killing. Um, I don't really know. Do you know anything about these films? Uh, no, The Killing I know is on Criterion Collection. And it mm. stars the General Rip, uh, Ripper... Uh, that one crazy general from uh, spoilers spoilers throughout this entire video by the way mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just our thing we should just change our name to spoilers the spoiler boys the spoiler boys <laughs> that should be our names because we spoil everything I have yeah some... if you guys want to give us a nickname just call us the spoiler spoiler that's hard to say uh, spoiler not. boys <laughs> no I, we can say it spoiler boys What's wow that? I can't believe you can say it. I can't say it. What does that have? What? You, you know, you normally I, you blame things on um, your dyslexia. Well, I didn't. I didn't this time. Well, I know, but it, sometimes you you have. By the way, I just want to. I want to preface something. 
I did before we get into this whole Stanley Kubrick thing, whatever the heck that means. <laughs> the reason why I wanted to do a video podcast is a lot of people love YouTube personalities. And I've seen these YouTube personalities where they're friends with each other or brothers. And it doesn't seem real. They have these fakey things where someone will say something um, like a little offhand. And then they'll do, huh? Yeah. No, no, this is real. When I'm yelling at Sam, (laughs) I mean it. I'm really angry. At you, Sam. (laughs) This is where... (laughs) I also are... like how right now I can't even see Zach, even though we have a video. It's literally just his wall. <laughs> and, and, but like when I'm editing it, it will look like I'm just yelling at him. No, like yeah, but I, I can't see him. I hate it. I... <sighs> All right, okay. let's get back to let's get back to Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. So apparently, The Killing was the first film that he um uh wrote. The Killing oh, he was wrote? the first film that he wrote. Yeah, he wrote The Killing. Well, he's not much of a writer. Um, is he? Yeah, well, at, at least at first. Um, but then he went on to direct um, the big movie that kind of made him... Oh, wait, no, no, no. The next thing he made was Paths of Glory. Yes. Um, which is an amazing World War One film. Fantastic. With, uh, what's, his, what's his name again? Um, Kirk Douglas? Kirk Douglas, Kirk who du- was also yeah, in... Spartacus. He was Spartacus. Yes. Um, no, wait. Spartacus actually he he direct he directed that movie. Yeah, exactly. But um, I, Spartacus, in my opinion, is not very uh, Stanley Kubricky. It isn't. I think Paths of Glory. Paths of Glory was like the first film that like got him acclaim. Yeah, I guess because that movie um, had like this. Um, the one he the. Spartacus felt like a, a true Hollywood 19, like, you, you, you didn't really recognize... Yeah. Well, Paz of Glory and then every other movie ever made after that had this Stanley Kubrick weirdness to it. And I think Paz of Glory still had that epicness to it, but it, it also was, like, the ending where it ended with, like, just the woman singing, and it was much more, like... It was a little more subtle, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Also, oh, well, and then the... at the end that was singing is his his wife. What, they he married her, um, and they actually were together until he died, which is pretty surprising, honestly. Um, but oh, he also. Uh, I mean, he did Lolo. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. Well, pa- Paz yeah. Glory Sp- he did before Spartacus. Yes, I'm looking at the list now. I'm trying to go in order. Um, Paz Glory also was the one that. He also wrote Paths of Glory, but he didn't write Spartacus. Um, no, who wrote Spartacus was famously uh, Dalton Trumbo, who was uh, blacklisted. Um, oh, really? For being a communist. But oh, well, uh, happens, yeah. Kurt Kurt Douglas knew that he was a great writer and kind of did a ghost writing. Hmm. He was a, him didn't wow. get yeah. Yeah, he also did um, Dalton. Uh, Trumbo also did Roman Holiday, and uh, Johnny got his movie, gun. Papalion. Yeah, hey, which look- did they remake? 
I, I don't. Uh, that's a good question, but it looks like he also wrote. No, they they just they just remade this movie, Papalion. Uh, Unless it's like a different. Unless it's a different, uh, yeah, no, that they remade it in nineteen. So yeah, the original Papalion is actually a movie out right now in theaters. No, but it came um, out in two thousand seventeen. Oh sh- no, no, it's no, it's it's playing. I've seen. I don't know. I've seen. I think. I think it came out like it's in theaters now. No, it came out August two thousand eighteen. Mm. It's out now, but it's it's got six point eight stars, so I don't know how good it is. And the original has eight stars, so probably not very good. It has Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman. Ooh, there you go. Interesting. Okay. Anyways, um, but yeah, so Spartacus was like the big film that he directed, that was like got him his, you know, money. Yeah, like that's what made him. They're like, bangable. well, you can make. I feel like they pro- he probably did Spartacus for the ability to be like, this is one for you, Hollywood. Now you got to yeah, finance exactly. my movie. Well, you really didn't like... Well, no, the, the, you really didn't like... A, like it, it was definitely a studio film. Like, if you watch... If you look at his he like his credits, it was like he did Paths of Glory. He wrote and produced Paths of Glory. And then... There's just a giant break where Spartacus, he didn't produce, he didn't write, he was just the director. And there was a lot of things that, like, he just, like, hated working with the studio for. That is true. And it looks... I mean, while well, Lolita is two years later. Yeah, and Lolita's, um, was, I think, the first kind of... It was weird, because, like, Lolita's obviously very different from Spartacus, because it's not, an ep- like, an epic, but it is... It is unique in like the Kubrick way of like taking a very controversial, honestly, like dealing with like sexuality still, and it's a little bit weird today as well. Well, the thing um, people I've never seen. This is one of the few. I mean, this is a famous, famous movie, and I'm sad to say I haven't seen it. But um, I have. I know. Is it good? Does it have Stanley Kubrick as feel to it? No, it doesn't actually. I don't. I didn't really like it that much. It it would. The shooting style was a little bit... You could tell that it was edited down to, like, be a little bit more, um, you know, uh, digestible to, like, the the early 1960s public. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, really, the thing that was selling that film was the fact that it was, like, the subject matter was weird. Did you know Um, that Peter, Peter Sellers is in this movie? Yeah, he was. He honestly made the film kind of strange. I didn't like Peter Sellers in this. Like, for me, Peter Sellers, he like was the a very random comedic relief in the film mm-hmm. that just kind of seemed thrown in. Did like, it? I feel like Kubrick just laughed at Peter Sellers and like, oh man, this guy's so funny. Let's just like throw him into this film because he really didn't. I mean, yeah, I guess he at some point he he became kind of a foil to the main character, but. Well, that's kind of... He seemed... Interesting. He just seemed weird. I mean, that that movie is probably, like, thought of... Back in the day. Uh-uh. Not only back in the day, but also, like, today. It's pretty controversial. 14-year-old. You, oh, no. Like, if you guys don't know what it's about... So, originally, the the, the book, which is a Russian book, um, is about, like, a 50-year-old man falling in love with, like... I think she was like 12 or something uh, 14 she was like 14 
Well, I know in the movie they, like, boosted the age up a little bit to make it seem, like, not as weird, but still, like, weird. But it was, I think, like, the Russian book was, like, some, like, closer to 10. Like, it was, like, a really nuts young age. And then they boosted up to, like, 16 or 17 for the film. Um, But it is kind of disgusting still, because it's, like, there are scenes where they definitely like were suggesting that they're having sex oh and and obviously they didn't show it but also that's that's yeah do uh would you recommend that that film was i wouldn't because it just it it kind of goes on too long and i think it was just powerful for the fact like the subject matter but they didn't really focus on the story wasn't that good in my opinion well so it was I'll give that a... But also, I'll, I... I'm also the same person that didn't like Vertigo as much, and I think it might it might be in the same vein of Vertigo. Well, I mean, is um, Loretta a... Um, is it a beautiful film? I didn't think so. It's black and white. Oh, and it is? So it's not as colorful as Vertigo. Oh, yeah. I didn't know it was black and white. I thought it because of the poster, it was... Ah. No, don't be fooled. It's black and white. I won't be fooled it's again. It's nominated for an Oscar, though. Um. Well, you know what uh, his next movie was. It was nominated for best writing, in uh, based on material for another media. Oh, okay. So basically, that's best adaptive screenplay. Um, interesting. But yeah, so that was so Lolita was like the the last film that he. That Kubrick was just like you know just another director, but also a little bit controversial. But his next film, also an interesting side note, the last film that he actually was the DP for as well was uh, The Killer's Kiss. Um, DP. Which is interesting. Yeah, he was the director of photography for Killer's Kiss. Um, interesting. And he was also, that was the last film that he was the editor as well. So, like, his first few films, he, like, did everything. He was the DP, he was the editor, he was kind of everything. You have to. And then... The Killing was the first film that he did that was more of, like, a big production. Oh, by the Anyways, way, yes. real quick, uh, I'm looking. Um, Stanley Kubrick was a lighting advisor tanker scenes for the movie The Spy Who Loved Me. So Stanley Kubrick really helped cool. work on a James Bond movie. That's really random. It is really random. Also, he was uh, in Lolita. He was the man in... he was his first acting role he was uncredited yeah but apparently in that film he stinks at acting like i I watched this thing where i guess he had to give a speech to or like a recorded speech to the afi or bfi or whatever and Mm -hmm. he was just he was really bad like his some of the i think best directors are not good at acting like woody allen no i don't know like well no not like woody allen but anyways um so continuing on, yes, Stanley Kubrick's next film. His next film came out in 1964, and it was this little film called Doctor Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. And I love that movie. I actually, I just watched it recently. My my roommate and I uh, sat down and watched it, and together, and I thought it was it was really really good. I was a little tired at the moment. And it, I realized it is a bit, it's a bit of a talker, but it just, it really captured my, like, 
my thoughts. It is a bit of a talker, yeah. Think, but, like, usually I'm okay with watching movies alone that are very... I love Lincoln, and I love, you know, movies that don't have any action and are very, very much plotted. Um, mm-hmm. Like, heck, I mean, I watched uh, Din- Dinner with Andre, and I love it, but it's I not... I still haven't seen that. Yeah, it, here's the thing. I would not watch that movie with somebody else. Because I almost, when I'm watching a movie, and maybe this, I don't think this is like this with a lot of true moviegoers, but you're not really supposed to care what, but when I'm with other people, I feel, it's like you have this weird feeling of like, oh, do they like it? You know? And you can't tell unless you look over and you go, you like it? You like it? And I didn't want to do that for Stan, but no, I, I, I was really, I was enthralled with it. And I love it. It's smart. It's funny. Peter Sellers, you really can't tell that he's three people. It's it is hands down one of my favorite films. Um, and and it's, I, I personally think that um, Kubrick he he has three movies that I think are complete works of absolute genius. Shining. And I think Doctor Strange Love. No, not Shining. Um, um, Doctor Strangelove, 2001 Space Odyssey, and Clockwork Orange. I think those three movies back-to-back are timeless. And, um, I might need to get batteries. Oh, I have batteries. Nice. Um. I also agree to an extent with your comment on that. I, I think he, he is sometimes, he's never a hit. I mean, he's never a miss. That's for sure, in my opinion. At well, least looking back on him, I don't know. He, he was never well. I, I think the only movie that I don't think I, I could see large sections of is Eyes Wide Shut. I tried watching also that Barry movie. Lyndon. Oh yeah, no, I think didn't it, like Barry. I didn't. I didn't like Barry Lyndon that much. But I thought it was beautifully shot. It was wonderfully okay, shot. Yeah, it was beautifully shot. But like, I can watch. I can just look at photographs. Like I don't have to like the story. But I could Did not need to be three hours. If Barry Lyndon came think, into theaters, I would actually probably I would like if someone said, "Hey, you want to go see Barry Lyndon?" I'd be like, "Yeah," because it's an interesting story, has somewhat of a plot. I really can't tell you what the story of Eyes Wide Shut is. It's about a guy who doesn't get satisfaction from his wife, or just you know doesn't think he is, and so he goes out and tries to have weird sex for a night. Okay, you keep jumping to Eyes Wide Shut. That's his last film. I don't think we'll we should. I don't think we should go in chronological order because we'll... I think we should because there's so much to unpack with each one, and we need a little bit of order. Okay, but well, if you if you really want to talk about Eyes Wide Shut, we can talk. About by the way, Eyes Wide Shut. I'm gonna edit this video so it seems like you're just being mean, just yelling at me. Uh, well, I'm gonna edit the audio, the actual podcast, and show the reality. Anyways, Very good. and I'll just drop in little clips of you just, like, dropping Same. the F-bomb and, like, just being a... Fuck! So let's talk about Eyes Wide Shut, since you really want to talk about No, Eyes I don't want to talk... I don't want to I just was talking about how I feel like that's the only movie that I truly don't think, one, looks that... I don't think looks that great, and also, two, the story isn't that great. Well, I, Damn the thing it. about Eyes Wide Shut is something... No, no, let's go back wanna... to Dr... Doctor yeah, Strange Love. Yeah, it's there's also unpacking the person as well of Stanley Kubrick and like the lore of it. I that's why I also wanted to go in order the because Democrats. Like, I think he gets more and more pompous with each one of his films, 
And but Doctor Strange Love, liberals still go suck an egg because it's like I can't I can't stress how much it's my favorite film. It's it's such an amazing film. It is um, a movie that really do, I mean it it does not it beats you over the head with these kind of these the way it's edited. I feel like it doesn't. I don't know how to explain it, but throughout the entire movie, that you really think there's not going to be a nuclear disaster, right? Because it's a comedy. Like you're just thinking, like, this yeah, is, it is this a is funny, funny comedy, like, and is... there aren't really any moments where, like, true moments where somebody is like, just like, we are doomed. We deserve this. We are horrible people. Yeah. Every moment of it was. I mean, if there was a serious moment, it was layered with ridiculousness like the part where the exactly. general is spoilers where the spoiler brothers the general is just about to kill himself mm-hmm. it's these it's it's peter sellers saying like hooray hooray you gotta give us the code yip dee dooby doo but it's a close-up of the general and his face is just so <laughs> it's a funny looking face it's like this defeated face but he's always got the cigar. I, like that to me is the, like the cigar plays to his care, like his whole demeanor. Like I don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. if he didn't have the cigar, I don't think his character would be as funny. Because he talks with the cigar. the cigar. Is so it, important, it, first, especially in like the first. Um, and all these like close-ups reveals that. Yeah. No. Whenever he first reveals that he's. Like talking about doing, liquids like he's, he's he's no when like the first time he started to talks about like he's going to like bomb like he's doing this there isn't any bombs coming and he's like revealing his plan to peter sellers um and it, it's the first time it's like a low angle close-up of him and it's just a really long shot of him just like talking and it's funny because it's like the shot itself makes him look kind of scary scary but for some reason Ugh. but like when he's talking yeah it's like he you're just like wait this this is like funny like he's he looks like he's just, the but lines are so absurd you have the deadpan uh look of peter sellers with that british peter accent sellers of him so good where he's just like all right you know i feel like if you know if there was an actor today they would play it up Maybe a little bit more. Or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe if they re... Here's another interesting thing. Is no one has ever remade a Stanley Kubrick movie. Except... Except I think they may have done a remake of Loletta. So I may... might have. But that that also didn't seem like a Kubrick film. But also, no one can... No one can touch this film. And also, Peter Sellers... Yeah, they remade it in 1997. Yeah, no one knows what it is, but um, Peter <laughs> Sellers. Um, it's like it's like when they made Psycho, remade Psycho. Yeah, like, that's okay. Yeah, it has a six point nine. So yeah, no, yeah. it like um, um did, Peter. So, wait, yeah, hold on. Go, yeah, Peter Sellers. So I think because Peter Sellers, I feel was in Lolita, and he was kind of just thrown in, and I really feel like that was kind of an afterthought. Um, but him and Doctor Strangelove is one of the best acting I've ever... Like, the fact that he can play three... He plays the general, he plays the president, and then he plays Dr. Strangelove. And both and have a degree... Here's the thing. The, the the doctor, or the president, 
is played very straightforward in the beginning. Like he doesn't yeah. have any funny lines. He's well, you know, he's the straight man for um shoot. Uh, George George um what's it? plays Patton. Yeah, George not um George Foreman. Uh, yes, George Foreman. Uh, this is horrible. George C. Scott. Yeah, George C. Scott. Yeah, George C. Scott's What's character. Fun- What's funny is, uh, I'm, I'm sure you know this act, but our viewers might not, but uh, Kubrick, um, George C. Scott wanted to play that character like more serious, um, and Kubrick was like, yeah, sure, fine, and then he he would like, but he would say like to practice, like he would he would tell him to um, do it over the top for the first shot, and then to like bring it back down because he kept on wanting to bring it back down. But he said to like get into the character, like do it over the top for the first take. But then he used he only used the over the top takes for the film. And there's I, I did I, actually favorite... I I forgot about that, but that is amazing. Isn't that so funny? He just told him to just like yeah, and so like he didn't know that the practice run was actually what was going to be used in the film. And one of the best scenes in the entire film. I think I know what you're going to say, C. Scott. Like gets really excited about something and then trips <laughs> and instantly gets, but it's but it's one of those things like obviously that was not in the script because like it had nothing to do, like it's like it it, it did nothing happen from the trip. It's not like he tripped on anyone or did anything that he just trips and gets back up and keeps talking. And I'm pretty- best. Cause it's just like he's uh, just so all over the place. And he and keeps he it up flat on his face. He, he just keeps, keeps going. I laughed and so hard so at that scene where there. And the ending, oh my god! The ending. I, I the one thing I do complain about the film is I think the scenes with in the plane. I think at first it it is a bit too much talking and a bit too much like just trying to be well, funny and not really. I don't I think, think it's. Those, those I don't planes, I, the, I think those plane scenes can be a little bit long. The plane scenes but, to me weren't funny. I felt that they, they were actually more kind of like 2001 Space Odyssey where they were showing, like, they did these long takes to show off the special effects. I felt like mm-hmm. 2000, I, mean, I felt like the plane scenes were very, very much like a manual for how to fly and detonate a bomb. Like, they mm-hmm. would, well, just, they kept doing, when I, when like, first. They would just be like, it wasn't like jokes. It would be like, okay, we got the Delta B plan, and then we would see them put in and take out. Like, it was, uh, to me, it was a cool scene because we were seeing a procedural on a B 52, like, Bonhammer plane or whatever. No, but, okay, yeah, that scene was interesting, but I'm talking about, like, the scene when, um, like, when we first see them. And it kind of just like goes around and it takes a while for things to happen. Um, and I don't know. I feel like the one, the, the cowboy pilot yes. was, a, he was a lit, he was a little bit jarring at first. Like he was great. I mean, obviously the ending scene where he like is on the bomb is amazing. Which imagine seeing that it, movie it for just the didn't, first time. Yeah. I feel like seeing I that seeing any Cambrick Kubrick film for the first time, like in or theaters. like, but like that scene would be so ridiculous to see because nothing was too crazy in that movie. I mean, it was about nuclear apocalypse, but um, 
you know, it was just kind of a straightforward action-y movie, and now here's this guy riding a, a, a nuclear bomb as a, as a horse. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the, the picture of that, and it's beautiful to see. Mm-hmm. But it's also, like, it's weird because the, the, the audio sounds like he's in, like, a large studio space. Like, it, it's so echoey. Mm-hmm. And it's so like dystopian, um, and it he like purposely makes like I know like the quality like it was the '60s, so he and that's kind of a hard scene to shoot, anyways. But like it, the audio was purposely made to sound like it was in like a very vacant, large space, and it well, it's so very weird. jarring. It's because it's not like it. It's not like the sounds. If they remade it today, they would have they would make it look real. But it was just like also that's such a weird scene because obviously like I guess I've never thought about it but like that's that's that wouldn't happen <laughs> like that couldn't happen. Um, Why? Like that's oh well, I mean fall off the you bomb would, yeah like, you, you could you couldn't just stay on the bomb like it, you would like fly off you couldn't ride it yeah um, <laughs> so like that's like the one part of the film that I I just now realized is actually impossible um, but. No, that's still. I mean, the that's the thing. Is like that movie is kind of it's funny, uh, but it's it's serious. And then you have this very out there cartoonishly. Yeah, it's like a, it's something you would see in a Looney Tunes uh, yeah. picture. All right, but we should continue on to um, the next film because like we honestly I, might have to do part two. Of, I was gonna say um, I, like that's what I was worried about at doing a Stanley Kubrick. Is there's so much to talk about, and I feel so like we should de- like. I, tell you the truth i know this is a little controversial to say but i love this the shining i am gonna say this and maybe we can okay, end this we, we, we'll get to that to the second episode but or the second episode i, I just want to say and i'll say this in part two i think the shining is one of the most underrated comedies ever mm. i think it's a hilarious movie we'll we'll talk about that more in the next episode i think we should do everything from the 1960s down. So we should end with 2001 Space Odyssey and then next time pick up with Clockwork Orange. Sounds good. I want to preface uh, on Dr. Strangelove, another fun fact about the movie for our viewers. So the war room uh, table, it's all in black and white. It's shot on black and white. That's what they were planning. But Stanley Kubrick insisted that the table was made with green felt, that of which is used for poker tables. Mm-hmm. So it would have the feeling of, you know, these men gambling with the world. Mm-hmm. Nobody would know that. It's it's green, but Stanley Kubrick wanted it to be like a poker table. And I, I find those little details to be fantastic. Because that would... I feel like I that agree. would also get the director and the actors into this mindset like they'd probably be like okay no one's ever going to see this but if you tell these you know you're trying to push these actors into a mindset then what better way to do it with these little off visual things and also uh, Stanley Kubrick was a huge chess player and anytime they were taking a break he would play uh, chess with George C. Scott because apparently he was a scoundrel on set. George C. Scott? Yeah. To, so to calm like him down. Like, well, not an actual Scott, but he was like a little bit of a... 
um, hard to work with on set or a little temperamental. So to calm him down, uh, George C. Scott also loved playing chess. And Mm -hmm. so Stanley Kubrick and George C. Scott would play chess. I can imagine. There's actually a photo online. Type in... um, Now, don't... This is... You have to type this in, but you have to type in Stanley Kubrick nude, George C. Scott nude, and you'll get photos of him playing chess. I I don't know why, but... I'll put that on our Instagram account. Um, But now, the year... It's 2000. It's 2001. 1967. Um, 2001 Space Odyssey is also one of my favorite films of all time. And. And deserves the film that also made Kubrick think that he was God. (laughs) Did he ever think Um, he was God? Did he really think he was God? Because no offense, I think he thought someone who makes Clockwork Orange. I don't think I. I don't know if that would be the movie you make after, say, a huge ambition like Two Thousand One Space Odyssey. Oh no! There's a reason why, and we'll talk about that next time. Well, maybe you can Um, also enlighten me about how Doctor Strangelove wasn't a visual um it was not like special effects it is so cheaply made and i think that's fantastic for what i like the plane i love the plane scenes in dr strange love you can obviously see the wires the plane yeah. is rotating as the picture is just going straight forward it's hilarious but it's yeah, horrible effects it's like it's it's horrible effects, but then he na- his next movie is what some consider to be like one of the greatest visual effects movie ever made. And it, there That's isn't true. any CGI. It's all done with uh, you know visual effects. So mm-hmm. pref so preface on I mean talk about that Sam. <laughs> Why? Um. Yeah. No, I agree. Um. I think 2001's, or Dr. Strangelove is, might have been done that way. Well, I mean, it, I don't know why he did that. Um, I mean, some people say that 2001 Space Odyssey was him experimenting with uh, stimu- or simulating what it's like to be in space so he can fake the moon landing. That's one theory. Um, what do you think about that moon landing uh, jizz. Jazz. Jizz? I said, I, um, I meant to say jizz. I mean, I meant to say jazz. <laughs> Anyways, I think that's a, um, I think it's a funny, I don't, I mean, I don't believe it, but I think it's a, I think it's a funny conspiracy theory. So I, I, I pretend to believe it just because it doesn't really hurt anyone. Wouldn't it be fantastic if that new, uh, first man movie, now this would be That would be ballsy. so funny. Of like, I would love it if they did that. If like, we don't see him land on the moon, but we're seeing him get into this crate, and the ending of the movie is like, just they pan out, and there's just people with cameras, and Stanley Kubrick is sitting there, and he's like, "That's a wrap." 
And that's and how the like movie Stanley ends. Stanley Kubrick, but he's still alive. We saw it. So I saw that movie when, I think, like, on TV. And uh, then Zach and I, we watched it in theaters together. And granted, it wasn't, like, a big, like, it wasn't a big screen. Or, it, was, it was in theaters, but it wasn't, like, a giant yeah. IMAX or whatever. And it was just, like, a re-release. Or it was just, at, like, a, a rerun theater. So it wasn't, like, a, a the new remastered version or unmastered version um but it blew me away especially the one scene where he was in like the one ballet scene in space where they start playing that one song like do 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 like the um i think it's from not Cla- nutcracker like the mm. flight of the something i forget what the song's called yeah. but um that scene it was it was just like him there was no reason for it really it was just him just like this is what like kind of just showing off <laughs> in a way uh and that no and that's way. that's I what that the was... movie is is it's a lot of except for the whole how 9000 part it's really just a, a movie in my opinion that captivates the greatness of special effects i mean it has a great exactly. plot and, and there's a lot of like symbolism 10 years before star wars like this is the, yeah, the, you're it right. Looks just as good as Star Wars. It almost and like sometimes it's... better. I think some no, of the exactly. Well, I will say the satellite, uh, the like the ship that they're in mm-hmm. does look, you know, kind of fake. But um, the planetary yeah, but... scenes, the the scenes where they're fly- at least the first scene where the the plane is flying towards the space shuttle i actually think that's pretty pretty good no there's i mean that whole sequence of like being in space is incredible like it's 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 well uh it stands the test of time for like even today like it's i don't know i have no idea how he did it but somehow he did it um i i think a lot of reasons i mean he did um he talked with a bunch of scientists NASA, and he's also, like, he knew, I think he just knew what was right. He wasn't, uh, uh-huh. I think he, well, you, know, you know, he wasn't disillusioned by the grandness of, of, uh, here's the thing. He made sci-fi movies serious. Before this, there were, like, Fantastic Voyage, or, uh, like, what's another, um, uh, Fantastic Planet. Where the special effects looked like... No, that was in the 80s. Fantastic Planet? You mean the French film? Like the cartoon film? No, 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 no. Um, the oh, Forbidden F- Planet. Oh, well, yeah, okay. But, like, these movies were very cheesy. I mean, they were, you know, great to watch back in those days, but they were also very... They didn't look real at all. All right, we're actually going to um, hold off now. Huh? that and save we're gonna do a two-parter for this episode oh uh, i did not know that <laughs> we are we're already uh kind of a little bit over time so oh, yeah. uh next episode we're just going to um start back up with 2001 space odyssey because we obviously have a lot to say about that film and uh and i have a lot to say about the shining we have a lot to say about this um so we're gonna unpack this into two parts uh so, anyways, we are going to cut to commercials and then talk about the films we've seen this week, because I've seen a few films. 
All right. Um, so take it away, Johnny. Take it away. Hey, Zach. Do you enjoy a lot of movies? Oh, is that the end of the sentence? That's the end um, of the sentence. Uh, do I enjoy a lot of movies? Yes. Uh, depends on the movie. Do you like Grease Fire? Do I like Grease Fire? Yes. Yeah. Well, I love Grease Fires. Do I have a movie theater for you? I just created this <laughs> movie theater called Grease Fire Pit Theater. And you can have the same sequence that Inglorious Bastards had at the end, where you get the simulation of burning alive while a crazy woman is yelling at you. But you don't get burned. Wait, how do you. How do you stim- or simulate that? Um, I feel like that's kind of a. Well, we just opened up, so we don't. I mean, like, we have protection barriers, but we don't know. Wait. Some business model, you don't even know what the. Well, I mean, we tested like, it. We tested it. It's, it's like, oh, so you know, you know it works. Yes, but like the people we used are trained fire people, um, firefighters. Uh, so so they, they just put out the fire? No, no, like they not they understand where to stand with fire. So all I'm saying is it's gonna be a blast. I did it. Uh, my five year old did it. My twenty year old did it. My lawyer did it. My uh, pen monkey did it. That's a, a bowler's term. A pen monkey. Never heard of it. Is that is that a oh man? I don't know. I hope that's not accidentally a slang for something. From what I understand, a pen monkey is a person who collects pens at a bowling alley. Anyways. It's called the Grease Pit. Uh, it's called the Grease Fire Pit Theater, and we we play all your favorite movies, but it's played on a bunch of smoke from a fire. Good up, good up. All right. Anyways, also uh, let's uh, talk now. Sam, you should um, post some of these photos that uh, I've been sending you. Yeah, Zach's been taking photos of himself the whole time. And sending them to me, it's a little bit distracting. Um, also, uh, what movies have you seen, Zach? Stop sending things. Um, um, movies, movies I've seen. Uh, I haven't really actually. I was planning to watch Rage, uh, Wages of War. Oh, and I guess I can mm-hmm. tonight because I got Liberty Up. Um. That was good vibrato. Thank you, Sammy. it's wow. pretty good. I've been practicing. Um, Anyways, no, I haven't watched any movies because I've been uh, steeped in my own uh, visceral pro- projects. But I have started uh, watching the show called Boardwalk Empire. Hmm. It's a nice little ditty uh, uh, produced by Mark Wahlberg. And uh, who's that other little chap? Oh yeah, Martin Scorsese. What oh, really? Gonna he directed that? Well, he produced it. He's an executive producer, and oh. he did direct the first episode. Huh. But it's a really nice. I'm really enjoying the show. It's kind of I, I like the feel of it. Kind of everybody is hustling 
for work. Like, you have to work. Everybody's working for the weekend? I actually don't know if weekends were invented back then. Fun fact. Wait, what? The Well, the union, the union workers, they're the ones who created no. the weekend. Oh, yeah. No, I know that. And I don't know if... Um, I really don't think... I don't know if the weekends were uh, invented. In the, it, it was, it's set in the 1920s. I feel like that's about when the time that unions were... Th- no, unions were thinking like the 1800s. I think... Or, I mean, yeah, weekends definitely existed in like by 1900s. I don't know. I, you know, I, I want to check this out, but we can talk. So I highly suggest... Oh, no. Uh, the weekend was created in February... 16th, 1999? Oh, wait. That's the weekend. (laughs) The singer. (laughs) Apparently, weekends didn't start until (laughs) the weekend made his first album. They're like, oh, we gotta have this. When was the weekend in Chicago? Alright, we're going on a tangent. Okay. So you like Boardwalk Empire? I really like it. I, I... in a way, I guess you would say I love it. <sighs> oh, wow. Yeah. How many seasons is it now? It's five, but it's over. But this is Boardwalk Empire, right? Yeah, Boardwalk Empire. Doesn't it have Steve Buscemi? It's got Steve Buscemi. It's got Michael Shannon. It's got, um, you know, Shay Wigman, who is a character actor uh, who's been in a lot of stuff. Um and the cool thing about it is it almost has this curb your enthusiasm. You know how, like, random guest stars pop in and out of, like, Entourage? Like, hey, it's it's James Cameron flying a helicopter. Yeah. They do that, but with historical figures. Like, they'll be like, mm-hmm. hey, let's go see Har- Harvey, um, you know, let's go. St- yeah, like, Har- let's go see, uh, see Harvey Houdini, the brother of... Harry Houdini, or like, thank you very much, Mr. Edison, you know? I don't think a, Edison was alive in 1920. Yeah, I think, I think actually that was another movie I'm thinking of, a yeah. TV show. But anyways, mm. I love that stuff. Like, Al Capone is a main character, but he's just some guy. Like, he's just a, he's a, a stool hand. He's like a driver. Hmm. And he's like, hey, I'm Al Capone. Can I get you a drink? And it's just like, whoa. Hmm. Oh, they make that sound a lot in well, the film? Yeah, I poop my pants Scorsese a lot. loves making farting sounds. Loves them. Hmm. It's, he got into movies. He's like, he got into it. They're all his own He sounds. was the first one ever to link farts with uh, someone's mouth. <laughs> Never. No one ever thought of it before. No. And then I, he did it in also, one of his... I hate that this what? is a tangent, but since there's a guy named The Weeknd, I can't figure out when The Weeknds were created. <laughs> it just keeps on coming up The Weeknd. Yeah, just now it's 2010. Oh my god. definitely wrong. <laughs> um, you know what movie I saw? Uh, you said some like indie movie. Well, actually, I've seen. I saw two films worth note, but I'll talk about one of them for brevity. Okay. Um, I saw last night. I saw a little film called Mary Antoinette. Um, uh, that's the uh... which was 
It's the Sofia Coppola movie. Um, oh, yeah, that's an old which, movie. It's from 2006, so it's not that old. Um, but I thought it was absolutely amazing. I highly recommend the film. Um, because it has a very interesting combination of using modern music, which is something I didn't I didn't actually know it, about it. I thought it was very strictly like historical. It honestly gave me a lot of... Like, I feel like, going back to Stanley Kubrick, we'll talk about more of this next week but it, it was similar to Barry Lyndon in which it was a lot of kind of like long shots of just gorgeous location settings but mm-hmm. like not much really going on um and shot really well and actually the you know like the the one shot in Barry Lyndon where it's like it's a very slow zoom out of like Barry Lyndon standing yeah do you remember that Yes. They, they did a few of those in this film. And honestly, I think Sofia Coppola did a better job. Um, I think this is a better version of Barry Lyndon. It gets the point across better. Um, and also, Jason uh, uh, Schwartzman is Louis the Sixteenth, who, if you guys don't know anything about French history, was the king that got beheaded uh, yes. during did the they... French Revolution. Yeah. Did they talk about that kind of... They, they, it's actually an amazing scene because the film ends when they're being carted away from Versailles. Uh, so it has nothing to do with them being beheaded. It has nothing to do with them like in prison or really much to do with the French Revolution at all. But they do show Mary Antoinette and Louis XVI when the people are like rioting outside of their gates. And it is such a stressful scene because, like, it's just, like, maybe, like, 20 minutes of the film of the whole entire time you just hear people, like, yelling outside in the distance. And the whole entire time, and you don't see them. You never see them. You never see the rioters is the best part. You just hear them. And, um, I don't know. And it's it's just such an interesting film about, like, the, the real like you think of Marie Antoinette and you really just think of her with the famous line like let them eat cake let them eat cake and she she never said that let them eat cake and they bring that up slightly in the she never said it and they even said it in the like in the film she was like I would never say that like they apparently they wrote it in the newspaper and she was just like I'm, I would never say that um what what is that what does that mean uh, it's just like let them eat cake well, there was like riot. Like there was one time there was rioters outside the um, the door, or like they're at the Versailles. Yeah. And whenever they told Marie Antoinette about them, and they were like demanding like bread and like food because that was like the main issue was they weren't being fed. Um. Oh so um, so Marie Antoinette supposedly said, "Well, if there are if they want food, let them eat cake because they had like a bunch of extra cake." Oh. So it was. So, it was just, like, an extreme, like, disconnect with... But apparently she never said that, so... Um, good for her. But it also... Yeah, good for her. But it was just a film in which, like, it was a good reclaiming of a historical picture... A, a historical person who, for the past, like, 200 years, I think has been thought of as... Like extremely bougie and just like, oh yeah very disconnected and you and had... this was a good film that like showed her more of like a scared little girl because she was like 17 when she got married to louis the 16th who didn't she he have mental kid. problems 
he well the movie makes him not have mental problems but it slightly suggests that maybe he was homosexual um oh because like he really didn't uh, want to have sex with her well the way and... I, I just want to preface because i said mental disorder and then you said they think he, i i just want to <laughs> the way i was told okay, in yes. class was he was like a little duncey like he was like airy like his he was like not really all there well, yeah, I, I don't, I, I think it was more, I don't know, I feel like that's, that's part of history, just, like, not really knowing why, like, they didn't, like, it's kind of up to your interpretation, uh-huh. like, why they didn't, like, it took so, because apparently it took them, like, a long time to have kids, Ooh. and, like, that was part of the story, and that's honestly what a lot of the movie was about, was how stressful it was for her, because, um, she was forced to, like, for the the marriage to be consummated, for it to be real, they needed to have a male heir. Um, so a lot of the Those film sexist was like pigs. Them, exactly, um, was them like her under like immense pressure. Basically, the fate of her of Aus- Austria, where she's from, her kingdom was on her shoulders, like just to have a male child. And for some reason, Jason. Schwartzman, also known as Louis the Sixteenth, uh, Jason Schwartzman. Wasn't oh, right. The guy from uh, I was. Bush I was War. for some reason um, I was thinking of Jason Alexander from Seinfeld. But he did a great job, and the reason why I said that, um, I think it was because the, the movie didn't. It, he seemed he seemed like a normal person, mm-hmm. but the I think the movie was hinting at the reason why they weren't you know, having sex was because he felt uncomfortable with it. And they had, like, they had cutaways, like, they had juxtapositions where his, like, his dad was, like, having sex with, uh, um... Oh, and there was a really sad scene where, like, when the dad died, uh, the king, uh, Louis the Fifteenth, um, he had a, uh, um, uh, I guess a mistress, but he wasn't married, um... And there was, like, cutaways, and it seemed like he really loved the mistress. And when he was dying, he kind of, like, told the mistress to, like, leave because, like, he was, you know, um, uh, she was dying and, like, he, he, he couldn't have her there because she was a mistress. But then, like, as, like, right before he was about to die, she, he, his last words were, like, bring me whatever her name is, whatever the mistress name is. And then they say, like, she's not here. And then he starts crying, and then he dies. And it's so sad. Because it's just like, it's not like she wasn't just a mistress. It was like, it, it's like the formalities of like, what, what you can do with love when you're royal. was like, that was also a key thing in the film. I don't know. I'd highly recommend watching it. Um, Sounds like it. Was, it. it was, it's also so beautiful. Like, it's such a beautiful Well, that's, that, that's what I, every time, like, I follow a few movie uh, things on Tumblr... And they always show Marion and Toinette shots, so... I think it's better than... And I hate to keep comparing it to Barry Lyndon, oh, okay. but I think it... Because Barry Lyndon tr- was similar in, like, the fact that it was, like, trying so hard to, like, just capture the beauty of living in the 1700s. Mm-hmm. Uh, this did a better job, I think, because at least, like, there was... I don't know. It was it was interesting. I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it to anyone. I, I would give it a 9 out of 10. 
You heard it here, folks. Nine out of ten from Sam Ferguson. And I just want to say real quick, and this is a little bit of a history lesson. And hopefully by next week, I will also have watched uh, Wages of Fear. So I'll, I'll tell uh-huh. you about how that is. But I just want to say real quick, <clears throat> the invention of the weekend. In 1980, uh, 19, and this is, me, you know how I always like read a little bit of a book, right? <laughs> well, this is me reading a book from history on when the weekends were created. This is from Wik, uh, Wikipedia. In 1908, the first five-day work week in the United States was instituted by a new English cotton mill so that Jewish workers would not have to work on the Sabbath from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. In 2026, so not in the boardwalk, like six years after the start of Boardwalk Empire, which started Wait, in Wait, you said 2026. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Two, uh, 1926. 1926. In 1926, Henry Ford began shutting down his automotive factories for all of Saturday and in Sunday. In 1929, the Algamated Clothing Workers of America Union was the first union to demand a five-day work week and receive it. After that, the rest of the United States States slowly followed, but it was not until 1940 when a pre- uh, prevision of the 1938 Fair Labor Standards Act mandated a maximum 40-hour work week went into effect. And that, my friend, is the two-day weekend was adopted nationwide. That's right. America created the weekend. You're welcome. Actually, tell you the truth. We never talk about that. We just take the weekends for granted. Yeah? We take the weekend for granted. No, I don't take them for granted. Yeah, I don't I'm take them for granted. Yeah, I don't think he's that great. But I find yeah. I find the the weekends to be great. So thank you, mm-hmm. people like Henry Ford. Thank you, uh, Jewish League um, for... See, oh my goodness. You know what? Take that. To one of those stupid KKK rallies. They're like, hey, you know, you doing this on the weekend, you know who you have to thank for that. And they'll be like, what? <laughs> Jewish people. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry, okay. I won't, I won't be. Oh, I also watched Black Klansman. Oh, how was that? It was, I, I liked it. I wouldn't give it, a, I would give it like a 7 out of 10. 7 and a half out of 10. There were some parts that were like, I think it, I think it could have been written a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but I think there's also a lot. Well, of, it was interesting shot. Like it was interestingly shot because a lot of times like the there was like a two shot, but like the two people were like in darkness and the background was lit. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of strange. Um. All right. So let's uh, wrap it up. Yeah. All right. All right. Goodbye. We'll, next time we'll be we'll next time we'll be part two of Stanley Kubrick. We'll, we'll get into more of 2001 Space Odyssey and also talking about everything he made post uh, the 1960s. Yes. Uh, Very exciting. So, uh, I'm excited. All right. Yes. All Goodbye, right. everybody. Adios. Bye-bye. Bye.